Hey folks, Nate here. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and finding hope in a time of global unrest. This is episode 26, featuring Ishra Shabir of Girls Make Games, a game design summer camp for young girls. Enjoy! Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Isra and Isra Shabir, and I'm the communications lead at Girls Make Games. Uh, we run workshops and summer camps, as you already know, around the world for girls ages 8 to 18, and we teach them video game development. Uh, my pronouns are she and her. So Girls Make Games have been around for a couple years now. But for people who maybe haven't heard of this before, could you kind of go over like how how the organization began and kind of a bit more about the programs offered? Definitely, I would love to. So um, back in 2014, uh, when CEO Leila Shabir and her husband Ish Sayed were recruiting for their game studio, um, they were surprised to only ever get male applicants. And Leila being a uh, leader in the games industry was very, I would say, you know, she was surprised. And I think that's when she found her calling to create a difference and Girls Make Games was founded. It was, you know, founded primarily to empower girls, to provide them a safe space that is conducive to creativity, learning, and collaboration. Uh, and, you know, I think as, as games people, you know, Ish, Ish loves games. Uh, as games people, they, they realize there's no better way to do this than through a common fun fill medi- medium like video games. As far as camp, so uh, our summer camp is our flagship offering. It's a three-week long program which takes place at top game companies like playstation nintendo and uh, even xbox and and as you said earlier this year since we couldn't hold our camps in person we had our camp virtually through zoom (laughs) Um, we teach all aspects of video game development including programming level design art and music character animation, pretty much whatever you can think of uh, that that goes into a video game. Um, and one cool thing we have at camp is we also have industry speakers uh, who come in and talk to the girls about their roles and their day-to-day activities uh, in, in, their, in their jobs just to inspire the girls to see themselves uh, pursuing paths just like these industry leaders. So all in all, it's it's a program which is um, designed to motivate, to encourage, and uh, to to get girls to express themselves in a fun, safe, and um, collaborative environment. It's really inspiring seeing, um, I was looking on the website earlier and it was saying something like there's now been like 6,000 girls through these camps across like 61 cities like it's it's expanded from I guess when I first was seeing it was kind of more of an individualized camp and now it's got lots of different sessions going on all across the country right yeah what was the response like uh this year to to going virtual since that was one of the things I, I very much wanted to hear about since everyone's trying to adapt this year to to move stuff online. I've heard some kind of horror stories about schools <laughs> that are trying to, to move their stuff online and everyone's kind of struggling. So I was curious, it looked like this year your virtual camp went pretty well. So I'm curious how you manage that. Yeah. So this is a great question. Um, our virtual camp was actually absolutely amazing as, as you've heard and seen. It was my first time running camp behind the scenes, only having uh, visited camp in person before. So we were all pretty nervous too, just like you know every other educationist out there trying to do things online. But what really blew us away was the um, 
motivation and the persistence of these girls. So mm. what happened really is we had, uh, we cut the program from three weeks to two weeks because, you know, it, it's hard to come every day or come, you know, uh, sit for, for a few hours every day and learn. So we wanted to, you know, provide the same kind of experience, but do it in a way that, you know, they don't feel jaded at the end of it. Um, mm -hmm. So the girls never missed class. Um, they came and made so many new friends. Most of them didn't know each other uh, before the camp. And they were just so keen on making these games. It was like the pandemic never happened for them. Huh. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and one great thing uh, was that the quality of the games that they, that they produced this year, I would say these were some of the best games we've had in GMG's history, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think, I think we were able to achieve this um, not necessarily because of you know all the preparation or all the uh, thinking that you do uh, you know going in to create something online but it's also uh, you know the the engagement and the participation that you get on the other side so we were all enthusiastic we were you know all set to uh, offer something to our kids to our girls knowing that you know they've been starved for opportunity right now and then we were just matched with great force on the other side which was you know the girls being super keen to make these get make these games and um make new friends and have some fun <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah i can imagine right now it's, i mean even more so maybe during the summer when everyone was out of school but even now i'm sure this was a bright spot in in a lot of girls days right. to, to get to do something that wasn't just hang out with their parents or, or watch TV or whatever else they're doing. I have three nieces and they're all kind of just busting the walls down at this point, trying to find oh, new no. things to do. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it looks like you're, you're running programs into the fall as well. Um, I was looking on there actually because, because, uh, one of my nieces is is within the age range of oh, this no camp, way. and I was thinking about about maybe introducing it to her, see if it might be something she'd be into. So I'm I'm curious. Could you could you walk me through kind of like since I've 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 dabbled in like a lot of like teach yourself how to make games. I've I've watched mm. other programs and had kind of mixed results. So I'm really curious how you tailor something that can be really complex like making a game to to a younger audience um can you kind of walk me through like like what the the curriculum kind of is like how that process goes sure so i think you touched on a very good point which is um how do you teach something so complex to um students who are you know still in middle school still in high school um I think the primary thing that we focus on is um, making the concepts be simple enough for, you know, uh, students of that age range uh, to understand and apply themselves. So our curriculum is actually uh, built in-house. Um, we use game engines, uh, simpler game engines that are more intuitive to these girls. So our, our focus is always that we want to give them, you know, like, let's say each concept, like programming. Uh, but we always introduce programming before we even dive into programming. So we would give them an example of what programming looks like um, and what programming is able to achieve. Uh, and then you know, the way we teach them is through mediums that are already pretty intuitive. So you might have heard of a game engine called Construct 3. Mm -hmm. uh, Construct 3 is pretty, um, you know, straightforward when it comes to the tools itself. It doesn't necessarily go into the complexity of the underlying game uh, game functionality. So we, we, keep, we keep our focus more high level. Mm -hmm. um, and simple enough for the kids to understand. Uh, for something like art and you know music, 
we again use other software, which are, um, I guess, again, like simple enough to be taught in a few sessions and the kids can then use those, you know, use that learning to create their own art. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that we don't necessarily, um, you know, teach our girls to be, uh, you know, getting a degree in video game development, mm -hmm. but we set them, you know, uh, uh, we set them on the path. We give them the foundation such that they can actually just go home and, you know, just use the, uh, use the building blocks that they've already been taught at camp or, or through these workshops to continue furthering and continue building on their games. Um, and if you see, I mean, if you see some of the games that we've uh, built in the past, I don't know if you if you got a chance to see these games. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these games, um, you know, they're 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 simple in concept, but uh, or even in terms of like uh, how complex their mechanics get. But at the end of the day, it's a full fledged game. You know, you have a mm -hmm. protagonist, you have a scene, you have multiple levels. You have to get past hurdles and, uh, you know, you have a goal. So these are all the small building blocks of what goes into a game. And we give them an overview of each of these things um, such that when they do create whatever they create at the end, it is a fully playable game. Yeah, I've I've not gotten to play all of them, but I've, I've dabbled in a few. Uh, I think it's it's really cool that they've even outside of just creating the game, they're also like able to release it and have right. other people play it, which right. I, I imagine is is hugely encouraging to see like something you made during camp is now up next to just like any other game yeah. you find on Steam. Right, right. Yeah, some of our games are, um, you know, so like for, for example, the virtual summer camp games, they're currently on Girls Make Games itch.io account, itch.io. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone can go and play those games. Just, just go on, just log on to it. Um, and our previous games, so from the previous summer camps, um, I don't know if if um, if you've heard of our demo day, uh, which is like a culmination of summer camp. So I'll give a, I'll give a brief overview. Um, demo day is a grand prize uh, winning contest that we set up towards the end of camp every year. And the top five, or this year there were top 10 actually, games go on to compete for the grand prize challenge. Uh, and in the previous years, we we, we actually kickstarted the game, uh, the grand prize challenge winners games. So these games are out there uh, now, fully, fully published and uh, they are on, on platforms like you know Steam and Xbox and even online that people can download and play. So it's it's really cool to you know uh, come with no experience, but then at the end of it you can actually uh, get to publish your game on platforms that that people can then you know play. Definitely, I when looking over the games, one thing I've really enjoyed about all of them is that even if the mechanics might be simple or or just kind of like taking an existing framework that like a platformer or a, a visual novel or something that is familiar they all feel very inspired in like a way that you can clearly tell the people making them uh the girls making them had a ton of fun yeah just, just putting this thing together that it's very much theirs it doesn't feel like i think often when when like i look up like tutorials and like videos and sort of online workshops to make games often what comes out of them feels kind of generic or just like here's like your first game and everyone's making the same first game which doesn't at all feel like the vibe I get from the stuff coming out of girls make game which is much more like make the thing that that you think is cool and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll like work with you to figure out how to right. how to make that possible right right yeah, we just want to give them a medium to express themselves. And um, that can be anything that they're thinking about uh, in their day to day. What has kind of been like the the long tail response to this since it's been around for a few years now? Have you heard 
stories of like girls that have been to the camp or like people have come through it multiple times like what that experience has been like for them yeah so um i think one thing that i would say is that you know um we've had a lot of girls who who came to camp because their parents wanted them to be at camp <laughs> you know um mm-hmm. and it's it's been crazy to see that those same girls then end up you know coming back year after year just because the camp has totally transformed them and and um you know they they now like video games they want to make video games they want to come and 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 just have fun so uh they, there have been cases uh, or not cases there have been girls who who have definitely transformed that way we have also seen a few of our teenage campers who have gone on to college and pursued uh video game development for their degree so that's something very very uh i would say it's very refreshing and very inspiring for us because it helps us to believe that yes what we're doing is you know uh it's making a change and it's 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 making people and it's making these girls uh go out and feel courageous in in whatever pursuits they want to pursue uh but at the same time um a lot of our campers have been in middle school and uh i would say we would give it another 5 years or so um and then i think we'll see a lot of these young women entering the industry who got their start at at gmg oh that's very exciting it'll be cool when like if your ceo puts out a call for designers it won't just be a bunch of dudes applying which <laughs> is definitely inspiring that all of that can come from uh yeah. from some from a summer camp right in in transitioning to to a virtual class has there been like any unexpected hurdles you've had to overcome or like situations that wouldn't have come up during uh during in-person classes that have kind of changed how the how the camp works so i would say um from the participants uh, side so like from the girls side uh i think you know typically our camps are much bigger so um each camp would have about 20 to 25 girls but this year since the camps were virtual we had to make our classrooms smaller just because it is very hard to you know give a one-on-one teaching experience to 25 girls in one Zoom class for example mm-hmm. if you really want them to teach uh, if you really want them to learn you know the concepts and actually end up getting enough time to make their game as well so that was one thing that was different um from the girl side and i think the second thing was previously we um you know in, in one camp we had about four to five different teams um and you know uh each team would have about four to five girls who would come together and then make a game uh as a team but this year since the classes itself were about five to six girls uh you know we found it would be very difficult to coordinate the girls to team up and then make a game online together mm. So we introduced a change which was, you know, this year all the girls had to make their own games. It was individual games rather than team games. And the only reason we did this was because it's it is fairly complicated to uh do things remotely as adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can imagine this is not the training that that, you know, uh middle school or high school kids have. where they go online and they they collaborate and they solve problems together and then they end up making something uh in in a span of only a week and a half. So that was that was a change that that happened this year, but surprisingly it didn't really affect um you know the morale or mm-hmm. even the quality of games as I had mentioned before. So I think I think it's more fun to make, you know, games in a team. definitely you know if you if you're bouncing ideas off of each other or or you're um uh you know uh, dividing up your tasks and and collaborating and uh yelling at each other maybe because <laughs> you know 
<laughs> you know, someone's not getting their work done. But but I think that part could have been, you know, something that they missed. But I think in terms of having fun, in terms of keeping their morale up to complete their games and uh, to to really like uh, make quality games, I think that didn't get affected at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree on the collaboration part. I'm working from home and the <laughs> number of calls that are just like, why did you delete this file and what oh is God, going yeah. on? It's just, it's it's a nightmare. It It's not a not a great way to work and I, I would not wish that on on middle school and <laughs> high schoolers. Exactly. Um, I'm curious then kind of what the what the social aspect is like because that's often a big part of camp is, is being around a bunch of of kids your own age and now that that's shifting online and that they're not doing kind of collaborative stuff what is what is Mm -hmm. the like social experience been like for for the girls in this camp this is a really good question uh and and i say this is a good question because this was the answer that we were looking for before you know when we were trying to design a virtual camp mm-hmm. um you know the teaching was not the problem getting girls to make games was not the problem but we really wanted our girls to feel like they're still part of a community so the the way um you know this this year the way things happened is that uh we introduced a lot more game time so every day the girls would you know, come in to class. Uh, and for the first, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, they would just chat with each other and play games with their uh, counselor. And then that's the class lead, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a, a very good way to um, make them feel like they're part of a group. Um, they got to, you know, uh, just, just, just uh, play a bunch of Jackbox games. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, some of the kid-friendly online games that we have on Steam. Um, and they, they really got their, their social uh, aspect from, from that part. And then we would do the same thing after class as well. So, you know, once they were done with their instruction time, they would spend about 30 to 40 minutes again at the end of the, at the, end of the camp to, uh, again, rejuvenate and play games together. So I think that that really gave them, you know, doing this every day really gave them that time and opportunity to bond with each other. Um, and then they also, you know, they joined uh, the speaker sessions. As I was saying earlier, we get speakers from the industry to come in, uh, chat with the girls. So the way we did that this year virtually was through webinar series. Um, and, you know, all the girls would gen- would then join this webinar and they had a whole chat room on the side where they would, you know, post their questions or just post their comments. And uh, they got their, um, I would say, like a, uh, the feeling of being part of a forum mm-hmm. where they're all like together and they're listening to the speaker and they're chatting about what they're talking. So that was you know, another another area where where they got to bond and they got to see what the other kids are thinking, um, how they're thinking. And I remember there was this one activity that we had with uh, Nintendo, where um, one of their game developers actually uh, showed how they level design uh, one of the Mario games, um, and these girls were just so ecstatic. They were so happy. They were commenting. They were like, "Oh, you know, I think you should put this hurdle on this, you know, <laughs> path." And um, and then they were bouncing those ideas back and forth with each other. And they were like, "Oh no, no, it shouldn't look red. It should look blue or something." Um, so so yeah. So that was another time that they um, they really got to bond. And I think in general, like when you are part of a small group, um, you know, like let's say if you're only four to five kids and and you have a you have a counselor you have a teacher i think it it already you know opens up that safe space for you because there's only so many more people that you are talking to uh mm-hmm. so they felt very comfortable and very um very safe in in uh talking to each other and just helping each other out and and 
in learning and, and you know in designing their games so they they didn't just you know go about like oh we come to lesson and we're we're you know someone's teaching us and now we're gonna go go back to making our own game it was more like yeah they're coming they play games with each other then you know the teacher teaches them but then they they ask questions and they're talking to each other during that time and then they even play games after their instruction time so it was very much like a, an engaged uh, conversational experience rather than like a typical classroom. So that's how they felt very, very, uh, I would say very much bonded and social in, in their uh, time at camp. Yeah, that sounds very well considered. I mm-hmm. am surprised that, or I, I feel like that other classes, like whether that's like middle schools or, or colleges even should aren't really considering these same questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of those shifts to virtual are kind of leaving a lot of students feeling like drained and, and, and not engaged is that right. they, they, they take the lecture and put that online, but they don't consider like the time that people are just sitting in the classroom waiting for class yeah. to start or oh my God. milling around in like the, the common areas or just kind of existing in a shared space which I think is, is a huge important part of of making learning engaging and also just like socializing with people, especially now when it's so hard to okay. to have opportunities to do that. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, uh, we are so, you know, as educationists and, and um, someone who's thinking about teaching kids, we're, we're constantly, you know, we're constantly aware of how kids are right now very much starved, starved for opportunity. And it's, it's such an unusual time for them, you know, to be at home, to not be speaking to their friends, to not be going to class. And uh, I think, I think whoever, you know, is in this, in this domain of education, I think this is the thing that they're all worried about that, you know, how do we mm-hmm. keep our, how do we keep these students motivated? How do we, you know, um, not just drill down lessons to them, um, but actually create environments where they will want to learn because learning shouldn't be boring. Learning should be fun. Uh, learning should inspire some kind of curiosity. Um, and I think, you know, going back, you had uh, mentioned earlier, so, you know, th- you were talking about fall workshops. I just wanted to touch a little bit. I think. You know, when we saw these girls having so much fun and and really engaging themselves and feeling curious to learn, um, that's when we realized that you know we want to expand this opportunity for more kids, and um, that's how the fall workshops actually came to be. We wanted to open up a virtual opportunity for kids uh, all around the world. So this is the first time we're offering. Um, workshops that are for kids ages 8 to 18 and and, and it's actually boys and girls so all kids it, it's not just just girls um and the reason we wanted to do that was because we think this is a very unusual time and i think the opportunity should be there for whoever can actually avail it um and yeah, so our our first our first virtual workshop is actually starting this weekend. <laughs> oh, it's very exciting. Are are these things that are there plans to kind of continue this like going forward assuming nothing dramatic is happening to make the world suddenly safer again? Are these kind of extended virtual events something that you plan to do more of? Definitely. Um I think we, you know, regardless of how things change, as you said, regardless of how much uh, in-person activities we get to do next year or even beyond, I think we're gonna we're gonna keep doing these virtual workshops and even even the summer camp most likely. And the reason for that is because um, we want to keep this opportunity open to as many kids around the world and as many girls around the world as possible. Um, that that is primarily the mission of girls make games we want to educate and empower kids especially those who might not get as many opportunities 
as you know um, kids who do in schools so one thing that we want to do is we want to um, offer our camps uh, to communities where you know schools themselves don't offer a lot of um, let's say computer science education or video game development as per se I, I don't think that even happens here as much in the United States mm-hmm. but um, primarily we want to make sure that Every year, we're reaching more and more uh, girls uh, in different corners of the world. So the quickest and the easiest way right now, especially as technology is growing, is to do it online, to do it virtually. So these workshops and camps are are to stay at GMG. Uh, I wanted to ask then, since you're opening this up to a lot of more people, what are kind of... What do people need to to know? What do people need to do if they want to to be part of this uh, event? What are kind of the requirements, whether that's like on the hardware side or just like in the application process? Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of actually availing the opportunity, I think since the camps are online, uh, the you know one of the basic things that everybody needs is to have an internet connection. Uh, but aside from that, since we do teach you know, hands-on game development during the workshops or during the camp, we do require the, you know, the participants to have either a Chromebook or, you know, a, a laptop, um, which I know it, it is, you know, something that you, not everybody can afford, you know, everywhere around the world. But uh, as far as the camps or workshops itself go, those are some of the basic requirements. So just being able to connect to the internet, you know, um, be able to, uh, you know, log on to a browser. And I think that's why, like, we 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 wanted to open it up to uh, people with with, um, you know, Chromebooks or Pixel books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think eventually, what we want to do is, you know, we want to even cater to kids who you know, don't have these, um, uh, you know, uh, capacities at home. So we are, we're definitely going to make books. We're definitely going to make uh, guides where, you know, kids can even just learn some form of video, video game development using uh, a textbook or a booklet, which is descriptive and, um, you know, uh, it, it, which is descriptive enough for them to understand the concepts. Uh, but for now, for the virtual camps itself, we we just require them to have an internet and and either a Chromebook or an, or a laptop. Mm-hmm. And what about for like getting like accepted into the program? What are kind of the requirements for for applicants there? So uh, we just want you to want to make video games. <laughs> um, our program is is very much a a. I would say a foundational program. Uh, it's really to uh, get people to, uh, you know, learn how to make video games. So we don't have any hard requirements as per se for, you know, any previous experience. Um, there is a program that's suited for beginners, um, which doesn't have any prereqs. But if you want to, let's say, go to the more advanced program. Uh, which we rolled out this year for our, our, our global workshops, uh, we just require you to either have been a GMG alum or, you know, have some experience with with, with Construct 3, for example. Um, but other than that, you just need to come with the spirit and the attitude that you want to make some video games. And you can access, you know, all our applications, uh, the process itself on our website, which is uh, www.girlsmakegames.com. And you'll find all the programs that we're offering right now over there. Um, and as far as, you know, um, you know, even cost of attendance goes, I, I do want to mention that we offer financial aid to our applicants. So uh, we never see um the ability, the financial ability of a student to attend camp as being a uh, factor in, in them getting to camp or workshops. Um, in in our six years of service, we have never turned down a single financial aid applicant. So, uh, you know, the ability ability to attend camp should never be a reason to not apply. Yeah, well, that's super awesome, and and I'm excited to see that streak continue. 
real quick before we we end out here, I do want to circle back a bit and talk about the, the kind of the guests that you were having on. You mentioned the one from Nintendo. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. curious. I'm curious, kind of how these uh, how these talks kind of are structured to to meet like a younger audience because I've watched a fair amount of like GDC talks and stuff of that nature, which I wouldn't imagine Holt would be that engaging to that many kids. Maybe I'm wrong on that regard, but I'm curious seeing these people come in from like pretty established companies like PlayStation, Nintendo, uh, how, how is kind of the process there as far as you've seen for like making talks about games that are engaging for, for a younger audience? So this is actually a great question. Um, and, and you're right that it's not very easy to talk about the things that you do in your, in your day-to-day job to an audience who has never really seen any of it or doesn't really know how, you know, let's say a lead architect at a game studio does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the way they have they have, you know, been remarkable in, in engaging this audience is that, again, you you have to think about the audience. You have to think about what they understand. Um, so like I said, that, that Super Mario Maker activity um, uh, from Nintendo was, you know, it, the way it was structured was the... Um, the lead designer, he showed, he first showed the, um, the software in which, you know, he was doing the level design and gave like a brief overview of, you know, what the software does and how it, you know, allows him to actually create the, create the levels for, for the game. And I think the, you know, one of the best ways that he was able to demonstrate is that as as he was speaking, he was able to show uh, you know the different decisions he was making on on the game itself, or you know how to make the game harder. So he showed like, okay, if he placed a hurdle a certain place, it would make it harder for the for the player to get past a certain point, or um, um, you know like how many goals should it have, and 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 he demonstrated it as he was speaking, and I think that that was one way for the girls to kind of see that, you know, this is the kind of thinking that's involved in le- in level design. Um, and that's the primary job of this person to think about all of these decisions, to think about, um, you know, what user experience is like or how user experience changes uh, based on the decisions that a level designer makes. Um, we have had other other speakers too, and I think I think the way um, they have engaged the kids is they they've given a you know a brief history of of how they ended up doing what they're doing now. So we have a great you know one of our speakers from Xbox, um, uh, you know she's currently you know working in um, in making gaming be for everybody so she's democratizing gaming for for people so girls boys whoever um and and she she laid down the path for how she ended up in her current job and i think just kind of giving examples of what they what you know what the person has been doing for the last couple years and how they've been um making a difference from each of these examples uh, i think it, 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 it when you when you string a story like that it really ends up becoming relatable or i would say even achievable um to this younger audience um and i think we've 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 kind of focused on our speakers to come and talk more about um, what motivates them, why they, you know, why they chose the video games industry, what are their fun games. Um, So anytime, you know, when they talk about the games that they like, the girls usually brighten up and, you know, because it's, you know, they're games that the girls play as well. So it's just like finding those common um, points where the girls can actually 
feel like they understand uh, yeah. what the speaker is talking about. I would say like a lot of these talks haven't necessarily been about, hey, I'm going to teach you what I do in my job. It's been more about, I, I want to inspire you that you too can do these things as you're growing up to become who I am today. Uh, and I think that that's that's the extent of where you what what you can do with these with this uh, with this younger audience, if that mm -hmm. made sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, I can definitely see the hearing a story of somebody that like made it to like somewhere like Xbox. I imagine uh, at any age, it's probably exciting because I mean, I I would love to know the people that make these games at these these massive companies so having being able to put a face to that and like hear the story of just like this is just a person um, right. i can imagine is inspiring uh are these as you're like looking for different ways to to connect with people um at home are these talks anything that would uh ever be something that's like available for people to watch who aren't in the in the particular course oh yes uh we do we do have um, you know, right now we don't have all our talks on our website, but from time to time, we do conduct interviews with, you know, our speakers um, or like our industry um, partners and have um, enough, you know, um, I would say enough recordings and such to uh, post them for our audience worldwide. So definitely if you visit our our website girlsmakegames.com uh, we have a whole so whole section called the portal which is primarily designed for uh, educational purposes I mean yes we do education as a whole but this is more like anyone and everyone can you know visit girlsmakegames.com slash portal and find some of these inspirational talks on that on that site Awesome. I'll have to check those out. I must have missed those when I was clicking around real quick, but that's super cool. And I, I imagine uh, there's a lot of people that are able to enjoy those, even if they can't get to the camp itself. Right. Um, any other ways that people should know as we're wrapping up of where they can find more about about Girls Make Games or, or get involved? Any other links or social handles that you'd like to shout out? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would obviously, first of all, encourage everybody to visit our website, um, which is, I'm repeating this for maybe the nth time, uh, it's www.girlsmakegames.com. We have uh, pretty much, you know, everything that we've been doing in our six years of service on, uh, on this website. I think you can learn a lot about the kind of impact we've made and... Um, uh, the stories we've had to share uh, from from this time, but yes, we we are on Twitter. Uh, it's at Girls Make Games. We are also on Facebook again at Girls Make Games, and on Instagram. I would encourage everybody to um, follow us on these social handles because we we love to engage with our audience and and we we try to post uh, small snippets from our daily uh, you know operations and and fun stories. Uh, on on our socials, so please please uh, see check us out on our on our social handles. But I, I did want to mention that you know I think the probably the best way to get involved uh, with Girls Make Games is to spread the word. Um, I think if you could tell your friends, family, uh, your coworkers about you know what we do, what we stand for. Uh, and send as many girls as our way possible. Uh, I think that would probably be the most, um, uh, I would say, impacting way of getting involved with us. Um, and like I said before, we we award 100% financial aid to um, all our financial aid applicants. Uh, especially if they are requiring 100% financial assistance. Uh, one great way to get involved with Girls Make Games is to contribute to the to the Girls Make Games Scholarship Fund, and, and you can find this on our website as well. 
Um, but yeah, if you are if you are an artist, if you are you know uh, if you care about education uh, or if you're a college student, uh, feel free to reach us out reach out to us. Um, I can even give you our email, which is info at girlsmakegames.com. And we will find a way to collaborate with you and, and solve some of the problems that you're thinking about as well. Wonderful. That's super awesome. I'm definitely going to uh, be telling my nieces about this. <laughs> only one of them is in the right age right now, but all of okay. them are, are very into video games. So I'm sure as, wow. as, as Girls Make Games continues to grow, uh, this seems like something that they would definitely love to be a part of. And it's really cool seeing it open up to uh, so many people who maybe wouldn't have had a camp before in their city, but can now access it anywhere. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I would definitely love to see your niece join, actually, Nate. <laughs> so please tell her about Girls Make Games. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm saying it straight, but she can definitely join our, uh, our global workshops. Uh, which are happening as of now or very, very soon. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will keep you posted on that. <laughs> uh, so, so closing out here, uh, we've talked about a lot of positive things, so maybe this is redundant, but I've been having everyone kind of in the show by sharing something that they've found inspiring or hopeful recently. Uh, can be just about anything, but... I'm always curious to see what's been giving other people kind of hope as we, we all move through this very strange year. Um, if you have something that you'd like to share. I, I absolutely do. Uh, I think for me personally, um, what really inspired me was um, seeing the girls in the virtual camp and seeing their games. And the reason I say this is because I saw that the girls, you know, cared. They cared about the problems that, you know, surround us. So uh, problems, you know, including climate change or the wildfires in California or that our oceans are, you know, uh, are, are getting filled up or the wildlife is getting affected there. Um, I saw that the girls were thinking about these problems and they expressed ways to solve these problems through the games they made. And mm. for me, that was so inspiring because, you know, um, it was just, it was just amazing to see these girls solve the problems using a creative medium uh, like video games. And it just gives you hope that the you know tomorrow's game developers are already thinking about the problems that plague us at such a young age. <laughs> um, so so that was very very inspiring for me and and I would be you know um, I would be surprised if you know um, you know the whole COVID situation for example and and the kind of things that people are getting affected by through this situation has not been on these girls' mind. I'm sure it's been on girls' minds. And I, I'm also sure that they're thinking about solving it or, or teaching others about the ways that they can solve this um, through video games itself. And, and I think that's that's super cool and super inspiring. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's wonderful and wild that they're making these games about some pretty heavy issues that you wouldn't necessarily uh, expect kids to to really be thinking that much on. Right. Um, but even if it's maybe a lot for them to, to handle, it's still very cool that it's something that they were able to express in this way. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, are there are there any specific games from the ones submitted that are like personal favorites of yours that you'd like to, to shout out for people that can, they can go play? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I would, I would actually highlight the this year's Demo Day uh, finalists. So we we have them on our website. Uh, it's girlsmakegames.com/slash/2020-demo-day. Uh, we have about ten games that are featured there. Um, I mean, they're all games that I really really like, uh, but I can say some of them are about cleaning up oceans. 
uh, some of uh, you know one game is about a protagonist who is um saving his tribe and village from a wildfire i think that's very relevant to this time uh, there's also another very cute game called uh dana and the great big world i, I didn't want to give names like this because i think all of them were amazing uh, but you know, this game is about a uh, a tiny chef who is exploring different cultures and and going through the game, making different uh, recipes and cuisines, uh, recipes from different cuisines. So um, there's there's a combination of like awesome games that that you can find on our uh, on our demo day website uh, link, and I think I think our our viewers can play each one of them. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, the one about the chef sounds especially delightful, but I will, <laughs> I'll be sure to check out as many of these as I can. They all look very yeah. cute and charming and unlike a lot of stuff that I play. Yes. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on. This has been a wonderful talk. I'm super excited to see what Girls Make Games does in the future. Uh, it seems like it's only getting better even as the circumstances get more challenging. It doesn't seem like it's slowing anything yeah. down um yeah so very excited to see that and yeah hope we'll uh we'll see if my nieces are are, are game for it but i don't <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident in them awesome well thank you so much nate uh i did want to mention before that i think i think uh having been on a show like this and you know getting an opportunity to talk about what we do i think that's 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 just wonderful we would love to tell more and more people about you know what we do and I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity um i i i really hope that people enjoyed the talk <laughs> critical care is produced by me nate kiernan with music by desired you can find desired on bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com i'm on twitter at nate kiernan and you can keep up with everything critical related at critical.com if you like the show, maybe share it with a loved one, and if you're able, consider supporting the work of my wonderful guests. Until next time, stay safe, stay home, and remember, this is not game over. We're still fighting, and we're going to get through this. 